0: I think in the history of this program, the only time that we have ever opened the show with an interview was Ron McLean when they were doing Hockey Day in Canada out there in Halliburton. Well, you have to be a pretty big name for us to break format, and this guy, our next guest, is somebody that I've always been a huge, huge fan of. Please, everybody, say good afternoon to the legendary Elvis Stoiko. Elvis, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Oh, my pleasure. How you guys doing? I'm doing very well, thank you. Uh, Rapid Robert's sitting over there. Say hi to Elvis Stoiko. How you doing, Elvis? Glad you got the blades sharpened up. <laughs> yeah,
1: I gotta, yeah, I'm got Yeah, i just going to tweak them before the uh, show tonight here in Ottawa, but all is going well.
0: Okay, so this is a part of the Rock in the Ring Tour. It's coming to Peterborough next week. I know there's a lot of people who are really excited. Elvis, I did a project in 1998 where our teachers had to ask us who they thought should be the Olympic flag bearer. With all the cool stuff, Wayne Gretzky going and all that stuff, but you were my man, Elvis. I was such a huge fan.
1: Oh well, thanks, man. I remember Jean Luc. Uh, we were we were talking about who was going to get the flag, and I mean, I we had a lot of skaters over the past. It wasn't. I mean, it would of course it would have been a great honor, but we had so many figure skaters hold the flag before. So I was just glad to be part of the team. I had my focus, you know, going after the podium and everything. But uh, it was such a great. Great memories. I mean, it was a tough run in Nagano because of the injury, I was able to get through it and Canada was so supportive and it was such a, such a wonderful time in my career.
0: What age did you start to actually think, okay, this is what I want to do, I totally want to be a figure skater?
1: Well, I think at a young age it was sort of you know kids are into everything. I started when I was about four years old uh, skating about two and a half when I was watching it on TV, but we finally got, I, my parents got me out there when I was four and I was into so many other things even later on uh dirt bikes and and uh you know martial arts and all of that but um i think really when it clicked in i was probably around 9 or 10 years old when i really started to think about you know taking it you know to the to the highest degree and and coaches have been saying you know this kid has talent and and ability, and if he works hard, he could make it, and, and the, the dream of, you know, maybe going to a world championship or, or going, you know, to that level started happening when I was around nine or ten years old.
0: Man, that is so cool, and what were some of the skills that you noticed early on that you had that you thought maybe should transition to, you know, the world of figure skating versus some of the other sports you were involved in?
1: Well, it was something that, it was interesting because my parents really loved loved figure skating. Um, they're both immigrants from from Europe. My mom from Hungary my dad from Slovenia my dad was a singer a uh, classically trained tenor my mom being a dancer they loved the they loved figure skating and i mean i was into so many other things but it was it was the main focus uh for us and and you know i would just i loved being out there i mean it, i was i was exposed to it at a, at a young age even though i wanted to do other things so it was just something that just stuck with me and and one of the things you know people say oh, you have talent for skating and i always believed that i it wasn't so much the talent i had for it, it was just the fact that uh, I had the tenacious willpower to, you know, not give up and get, you know, a skill set of whatever I needed from whatever jump to spin to whatever I was learning. And, and either if I was on a motocross bike or even when I was racing cars the last number of years and, and racing go-karts or whatever, it was the same tenacity to achieve my goal, set out a goal and then do everything I can to get that goal achieved. And then on to the next thing, it's just the tenacity that I have to to go after it and the main thing for me was my focus, my ability to focus and that's one, it, it, it can be a positive or negative because if, if I don't have my focus I'm like all over the place, <laughs> I'm like non-existent but if I'm focused I can I can get the job
0: done. One of the things that attracted me to figure skating during that era was here comes a young Elvis Stoiko, and whether or not you felt this at the time, to me as somebody who was watching you sort of broke the mold and were just kind of a different character that I haven't really seen and you really kind of stayed true to your style and your attitude but I know uh, you know a lot of people when I was going back and reading and doing some research there was always that sort of okay you know judges are used to a more traditional style and you know it took them maybe a while to warm up to you when it was obvious to everybody watching that you were you know the most talented skater going what was the pressure like to think no I want to be myself and I want to do something a little different versus okay if I conform to a certain style maybe my you know artistic grades will be a little better.
1: Well, yeah, that was the big thing, um, and these are great questions, by the way, because this is this is this this was the big thing for me in my career was getting to that point where, okay, I would have to stick true to my style even though I was getting knocked for it, and I remember having this conversation. I was talking with one of the skaters earlier, and, and um, the big thing was when Ushi Kessler, my choreographer, back from, like, 1993, and that was when I was making the big change to, like, really stay focused when, when I was getting hammered artistically from the, you know, uh, from either ISU or whoever was talking, you know, behind there saying, you know, we need the Elvis. You need to change the style. You need to do more classical. And I remember my coach saying, she would, she sat there and she goes, Elvis, do you want to be a champion or do you want to be a legend? A champion will, can come in and win and then, and can be forgotten. You know what I mean? We've had a lot of champions over the years. They'll come in and they'll go, they'll win and they'll leave. But if you want to make a mark and if you want to change, you have to, you have to sometimes give up that, that sort of that battle to win the big war. And that was the big thing for me. That was the big choice where I was like, no, 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 I, I want to become the legend. And there's just no other way for me to do it. I wanted to stick, stick to my guns and be me. And it wasn't like I set out to like, I want to change the sport. It wasn't like that. It was just, I wanted to be me and I didn't want to conform to anything that, that, that Someone else wanted me to be, and that was the one thing. I, I mean, I was stubborn. I still am stubborn as heck because I just want to do my thing. I want to be me out there. I want to do my thing. And and now it's like when I do when I do shows and stuff, I'm so glad I followed. It was hard along the way. It was very very difficult to do that because I got knocked around, and and I had to be consistent. I couldn't make a mistake. Like if I made one mistake, that I would get hammered because that was that was the way they would kind of try to you know push me in that direction and go, no, we don't want him. We want to have this traditional style skating and and eventually you know it i followed in a lot of kids came up and it just blew the sport open so that you could do so much out there it's not just one style there's so many different styles and that was the one thing i wanted to to show out there
0: well, I loved it, Rapid Robert. Like, here comes this guy, this young, good-looking guy, and he's coming out in jeans, and he's just doing triple axles. It was just, like, the coolest thing. It made guys <laughs> like me really sort of take notice. I
1: think, Elvis, well, uh, Elvis you actually probably uh, wicked up the danger factor back in your day oh, yeah. as they speak.
0: Yeah, yeah. well, I wanted to have it,
1: instead of having it just sort of a recital, um, I wanted to be, like, that rigorous athletic part, even, but still be artistic in a way that... Um, people could connect to instead of just being bland. It'd have to have that energy. Because that, I come back, you know, coming from a very, you know, a blue-collar background, that kind of down-and-gritty kind of, let's get this job done and, and have a great time with it. Um, and, you know, it can have sometimes a very upper echelon type of attitude, figure skating, and, and I wasn't there. I didn't want to have that, it, 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 the ballet and all of that. I mean, there, there is a part to that, but that just wasn't me. And I wanted to attack it and have that, that drive. And that was my, my ability to, 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 to get the job done. But in a way that was artistic that, that people, you know, like yourselves, the guys that could watch hockey or watch other sports would be, go in to watch skating and go, damn, I, I, I can identify with that. You know what I mean? Like guys like you to be able to identify with the movement and with the way I went about it, you know, cause I couldn't identify with the other ways. Like I'd appreciate the other styles of skating. I could never identify with it. And it was really hard for me because I couldn't find anyone that I could pinpoint, that I could just go, yeah, I want to be like him. I was just like, I want to be like me in a sport where no one is like me. And it was sort of a weird place to be at first, but then I had to carve out my own way. And then eventually, had a lot of kids follow along the way, which was an awesome feeling. Later on,
0: we're chatting with Elvis Stoiko, the Rock in the Ring Tour. It's coming to Peterborough next week. Uh, take me through the '91 Worlds and the Quad in combination—something that had not been done—and how mentally you sort of approached that in doing something and breaking ground. And as you sort of alluded to, you know, doing something that was super memorable.
1: Yeah, it was funny because that year I hadn't—I I had from the year before. I grew a couple of inches and I gained. Oh, uh, geez, I was around 17, 18 at the time. I gained another like 10, 12 pounds of muscle because just going through puberty and everything and body changing, my timing was off. So some one day I would be on it, I wouldn't be, I would miss a thing, and then for like a week I'd be off. And I remember I was fighting that during that season. We got to Worlds, I got there, and I was skating kind of up and down during the week, and the quad one day would be great, the next day would be off. And it was weird, I was, I hadn't done it in the program for like a month and a half. Like it wasn't working. And it was. I got out there and I and I made. I did the first Lutz. I uh, did the first Lutz in the program. Then I made a mistake in the triple axle. And usually, an athlete when that happens, a skater that happens, they kind of back off and they're on their other heels a little bit and they kind of stay conservative. But it was weird. I I I made the mistake. I did a spin. I finished the spin and I was like, I can feel the quad right now. I can feel I could do this. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna give her. <laughs> and I went down and I just I could feel it. I knew I was gonna do it before I even came around the ice. It was just this sense and then I just was like I'm going to do it in combo and then it just happened and it was like the most amazing thing ever and it turned out to be one of the best performances of that season for me and that you know again it changed my career trajectory you know it was, it was such an amazing time
0: well wow, it was a really cool moment a couple of other ones because I know that uh, you got to run we really appreciate you making time uh, Olympic experiences, you mentioned you battled some injuries in 98, you get the silver medal, you battled injuries in 02 as well, uh, but 94, do you go back, uh, first of all, I'm going to say it so you don't have to, you get screwed in 94, okay? That's just my, but do you ever go back and be like, man, like, I'm pissed off, and I, it wasn't even me for heaven's 6? Well,
1: it was one of those moments
0: where I was just happy to, because like, they, they had, you know, Boitano came back,
1: and Petrenko and all the big guns were there, so it was a big it was a big square off with a lot of the best skaters in the world and two previous Olympic champions. And And for me to to come second, it was huge. I know there was a controversy with that. and It was all style-based. I know for me, when I look back on it, I kind of like, ah, kind of a bummer because I really wanted that. I knew I could win. I knew I had the ability to win. I knew that my skating was a, it was a gold medal performance. At the time, in my mind, I'm like, okay, Japan is going to be where I'm going to do this. And that was like, I planned out for for Nagano, so I just kind of took it in stride. And then when I got injured, it you know it took a, a turn for the worst through all of that. But you know I look back on that performance at the Lily Hammer with pride, and it was one of those ones where, again, it, it's like do you become the champion, you become the legend. And you know you know I, I look back at it and say, you know, if I would have won, it would have been one of those things where I won, and people be like, yeah, that was awesome, and then that would be it. But because I didn't win. It, held this, it had this gold lining around that medal because of the way I won the silver. It wasn't that I lost out on the gold. It was the way I won the silver. It was this whole thing with, you know, the Bruce Lee story. And then the incredible story I'm going to share with you guys is I remember after competing and the ladies were competing the next week and the chef de michel, which is the, um, they look after all the skaters, kind of like a chaperone. and he said to me, he said, Elvis, there's someone that wants to meet you here in the rink right now. And I'm like, who is that? And he says, well, I'm not going to tell you. You're going to know who it is. You're going to walk around the rink. So we walked all the way around the rink, and I'm walking down the stairs, and this guy turns around and looked at me, and I'm like, oh, my God, it's Chuck Norris.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs>
1: and Chuck Norris <laughs> came to watch the Tanya and Nancy fiasco. They wanted to see Nancy um, skate at the Olympics because it was such a huge thing. And um, I walked down the stairs, and before I even got down to him, he already had his arm out, and he said, I want to thank you for honoring my friend Bruce. I watch your performance at home, and it was the most chilling thing, and it was so awesome. And I sat in the, in the because there's no seats left. I just sat in the uh, security let me sit down on the stairs, and I chatted with Chuck Norris for like 45 minutes, uh, talking about martial arts, talking about Bruce, talking about skating. Uh, it was like that to me was my gold medal. That was like it was it was such an amazing thing, and I had so many martial artists write me and say, you know, thanks for honoring our, our, our sport and our, and our arts and, and everything about it. And it was just one of those things are like, yeah, you know, I'm good. <laughs> I'm good with this, man. This is awesome. I'll
0: take you know, the helped. silver medal and Chuck Norris one-on-one time. That's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it
1: was, it was phenomenal. You know what I mean? And, and it was just my, my career took off, really took off from there. And, and, you know, people still say to that day I should have won and that's cool. And that's okay. I mean, it, it, it was just an amazing time. And to feel that there was just the, uh, You know, I went back a couple years ago, uh, and it was about 2011-12, with my wife, and I went sort of a pilgrimage back, and I went back to Lillehammer during the summer and stand in that rink. I hadn't been there since 94, and it was such an incredible experience. They had some pictures up from the Olympics, and I still remember the feeling. Even now when I talk about it, it it was so magical that it was meant to be that way and, and you know, if I'm meant to do other things in my life now and and that's great, but it would just led me to this moment and that's just the way it was supposed to happen and it was it was awesome.
0: Do you like figure skating today, Elvis? Honestly, um, not that much, my friend. I just
1: it's changed so much. I mean there is great don't don't get me wrong, the skating is phenomenal. Like the skaters are amazing. The talent it's just like in any sport it evolves. I just don't like the system that much because what it's done is it's created a very um, calculated system where they just sort of add points, and it's very disconnecting. It's very disconnected from the audience watching. Mm-hmm. There used to be participation with the six zero. Like if I ask you guys, okay, you know, in 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 um, gymnastics, what is the the most prevalent name in gymnastics ever? You know, the, a lot of people will come up and say Nadia Comitie. Sure. Right now, why is that? Because you got perfect tens. <laughs> Not because she got, you know, 300 points or 200 points. It's because she got perfect tens. Mm-hmm. And the six zero is very synonymous with skating. It always has been. And that connected people to it. They were part of it. They felt like they were part of that that, that uh, connection to the sport. And it doesn't have that same connection. It's kind of alienated and cut that link off with, uh, with the audience because of the the system. You know, and that that's kind of unfortunate. And I remember speaking with... Um, Nadia and, and Bart Conner years ago we were doing a skating gymnastics show and, and they said this they, they said, you know, how is skate asked me how skating going? This was back in like thousand eight, two thousand nine. I said, Well ever since they changed the system in oh five, not you know, it hasn't really come back and they said, Well, since they changed their system to a point system, they never recovered from the seventies. They never recovered. And it was one of those things. It was just tough. I mean, in in the Orient right now, in Japan, China, skating is huge, just like it was in the 90s here in North America. But in North America, it's, it, it's died off, unfortunately. And uh, it's tough. You know, we have, still have our stars, and we still have our fans. You know, we're lucky to still do it in Canada, which is phenomenal. The States has died off. But again, there's the other side of the coin, too. It's not just the the system itself there's a lot of new sports extreme sports uh, um you know girls are going into like hockey they're going into soccer which is great so there's a lot of other options out there so that's kind of also that interest kind of dies down uh with that as well so it's a combination of things uh that have affected it um you know overall but uh you know it's i'm just so happy to be part of this tour um excited you know we've had great crowds all across canada so far we've uh, nine shows left coming to Peterborough, which is like my, you know, up and ground for me because my wife and I live very close to Peterborough and Pawnee Pool, So, you know, it's going to be an exciting time and, and I'm just glad to be a part of it.
0: Rocking the rank. It'll be at the Memorial Center next week. Uh, the legendary Elvis Stoico. This was a real thrill for me. The next time I get the chance to chat with you, we'll talk about the McCain commercials. Okay. Cause those were legendary <laughs> in my day.
1: <laughs> I know. I was, I was racing at the go-kart track, all the young guys all there. You know, their late twenties, early thirties, doing mechanic, work, and stuff, and they'd always <laughs> just start joking about, uh you know, get to jump on taste. Yeah, man. where's the hair? Get to jump on taste. I <laughs> want your hair back. You know, it always fun. It's, it's a good time.
0: Some of the best lettuce that's ever been on a Canadian athlete was the <laughs> the curly hair that you had going back in the day, Elvis. I, <laughs> I know,
1: I know. <laughs> it was that signature thing. It was like my coach. Uh, she always said she Ushio would always say, "Yeah, it was like you got that was your strength, that was your Samson, man, with your hair." Yeah, that was yeah. The thing, you know.
0: <laughs> Good stuff. Well, Elvis, thank you so much for taking the time today, man. Really appreciate it, and uh, well, I can't wait to come and check you out next week.
1: Oh no, this is great. Thanks for promoting the tour, guys, and you know it's great. I hope people uh, be able to come out because it is a really fun show, and we're having a great time. So thanks again. All
0: appreciate right, it. we'll talk again later. Thanks, There's, Elvis. Uh,